We're a unique podcast for families of faith. Produced by parents and pastors who understand and appreciate how hard it is to maintain your faith in a hostile culture. We're here to encourage and support you in the most vital role of all, parenting. If you're feeling overwhelmed and afraid, it's okay. You're not alone. Brilliantly Brave is hosted by two honest and engaging dads with nine kids between them. A road tripper, author, and pastor, Father Brad Mathias, and iShine founder, solo parenting expert, and all-around foodie, Mr. Robert Beeson. Join us each week as we explore and engage with some of the most intriguing, inspiring, outrageous, and awesome parents in the world. This is Brilliantly Brave. Hi, and for this edition of Brilliantly Brave Parenting, we have some technical challenges, so we apologize. We've done our best to clean it up. Uh, You will be able to hear all the dialogue and the discussion points, but there will be some interference from time to time. We just encourage you to hang in there with us and enjoy this interview with Bob Gresh, which is outstanding. Thanks. Hi, and welcome to Brilliantly Brave Parenting. I am your co-host, Pastor Brad Mathias. Robert, are you here? I am. And that was actually much better, Brad. Well, thank you. I You told me to give it everything I had, but, you know, I didn't take that literal. It was No, that was kind of more authentic than you usually do. You usually sound like, you know, I consider car myself salesman. authentic. I'm an authentic person. Yeah, you are. And that's why it's so weird when you, when you hey, it's brilliantly brave. Well, you know, Robert, maybe I'm just insecure behind the mic. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe. Maybe. maybe this intimidates me because I don't know how many people are listening or what they think of us or, you know. Mm, it doesn't matter, Brad. There was a time. It's what God thinks of you that matters. I know that in my head, but I don't believe it sometimes, which is the point of the whole podcast, really. So for those who are just tuning in, this is Brilliantly Brave. It's a parenting podcast for people who have kids and they're trying to raise them in a Christian environment despite the voices of our culture, which are constantly dragging us down. Uh, culture is criticizing our faith, it's undermining the Bible's legitimacy, and it is questioning anyone who would choose to believe that there's a God that cares about them. And so, as parents, there's this constant bombardment, there's a sort of diminishment, I think, especially dads <clears throat> feel. Yeah. Because, you know, if you, re- if you watch a sitcom tonight, if you go on TV anywhere between 7 and 10 p.m., you're going to see multiple images of dads who are doofuses. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just the thing. Like, so the dad is sort of, you know, the butt of all the jokes, and he's the one who doesn't ever really get a clue. And so, I mean, men, if they're watching TV, if they're around this, fatherhood in our culture has been diminished in all kinds of subtle ways. And I think it leaves dads kind of empty and um, insecure. Yeah. Kind of like me with a mic. I see what you did there. Yeah. That was pretty good, actually, Brad. Well, you know, I've been I'm working on my segues. Baby steps. Yeah. All right. Well, today we have a gentleman uh, who is doing something about that. He's actually making an effort to equip and, and empower dads to be better fathers. And so it is exciting to introduce our friend, Bob Gresh, who's uh, coming to us today from Pennsylvania. Welcome to Brilliantly Brave, Bob. Hey, Brad and Robert. Thanks for having me. It's always good to talk to you guys. It's great to have you. hear your banter. (laughs) Yeah, we could fill up a whole show with banter. You didn't see my nasal cord or anything, did you? No, 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 no. We didn't see that. But we can. I shouldn't have said that then. (laughs) That's okay. Your secret's good with us and the listeners. 
Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. what the listeners don't know is that before we started recording, there was just this sort of uh, testing of the gear and kind of making sure we had everything dialed in. And Bob rang his bell for us. He did. Bob, tell him, what, what's the bell? What was that all about? Well, the bell, that's our good news bell. You know, in ministry, there's, and in anything, as a businessman, I'm, I'm still a businessman, there's a lot of news that comes through when you're growing and building new products and things like that. A lot of it seems negative, you know, and it might not be horrible news, but it's just a client you didn't get, a show that didn't happen, something like that. Uh, and I felt like I was overwhelmed by bad news. And so I bought this bell so that when good news happens, when I ring it, the staff comes comes running, as you see, because we all want to celebrate good news. And that's yeah. kind of been fun. And it... Uh, points out people are doing a good job and we can celebrate their accomplishments. I feel so, like I need to sort kind of, of fun. interrupt here just a second and explain what really happened. So we asked Bob, he has this big silver bell. Did it's you on, see behind him right It's there. on his right shoulder. It's there in the background. We asked him just curiously, what is that for? He rang the bell and said, let me show you. And then Robert, what? Like seven people? Yeah, he people? turned the camera and towards the door and he says, can you see the door? And we said, yeah. And, and all of a sudden, like, like church mice... Yeah, it opened and um, a plethora of people came yeah, walking a, through. It was exactly a plethora. Mm-hmm. Yes, and there were like seven or eight people, what? and they were tentative, like they were in trouble. They weren't yes. sure if they should be excited or if they had just done something wrong. And they all came in, and it was it was really cool. And I'm thinking we need a bell like that here. Yeah, except it's just you. Well, and me. you know, you know they. They came pretty fast, right? But they were there way before. They because you had instructed them I, not to interrupt you. Right, because I was going to be on video. And so they were like, should we come in? Does the bell, is the bell supreme? And the bell is a, uh, you know, the supreme besides God thing in our, in our office here. <laughs> well, yeah, that was a good. I know I need to say that. That was a good save. I like that. I don't want to get Jesus juke. So, Bob, we know you. Uh, we've worked with you and your amazing wife, Dana, for several years through our uh, partnership in the Tween Gospel Alliance and Seeker Keeper Girls and, and all of the different things that, that we've been active with in ministry. And, and you've got some new stuff that you've been working on for a couple of years that you've sort of been telling Robert and I about in private. And here's your chance to share this with a whole audience that's never heard about it before. Tell us what you're up to. Well, I want to thank you guys uh, for your leadership in the Tween Gospel Alliance and just for our relationship over, it's been quite a few years now Yeah. Um, because it has been great and we've worked together without territory or turf or things like that. I just really, really love you guys. What we've been, for about 14 years, we've been doing Secret Keeper Girl. We've done thousands of shows and after every show, almost every show, um, they say, what do you have for boys? And so for 13 or 14 years, I've been really thinking about a boy show, but honestly, I haven't felt called to do it. And I knew that I had to have a, a dad to go out there uh, because I, I thought that we need to put a father in front of other fathers. And, um, and so finally, I think the Lord released us uh, in the past few months. I even had a tour scheduled for May, and I just didn't feel like the Lord was releasing it yet. I just didn't feel like the wind was at our backs. Hmm. And... Um, but we're in October now. It's called Born to be Brave. It's at borntobebravetour.com. And, and our mission is to connect fathers and sons um, to help find their calling uh, and follow it at any cost. Mm. And basically, we define bravery very simple as doing the next right thing. 
I love that. And I think that when people, um, you know, what we talk about is that on any given day in the Super Bowl, let's say, the bravest person in that in that stadium might not be the quarterback or Tom Brady. It might be the guy selling hot dogs in the stands because he's doing the next right thing, doing ministry, he's obeying God. And I, I believe when we um, when we look at it that way and we're living out our story, not somebody else's story, that we understand fundamentally what our role is in the kingdom and we don't feel second best to to others that might have goals that are by worldly standards better, but not by God's standards. And just to finish that off, the reason I'm so passionate about that is I started a, a Christian high school uh, 13 years ago at the same time we started Secret Keeper Girl. I didn't realize that Secret Keeper Girl That's would grow so big. pretty ambitious. <laughs> yeah, but we've started, we started a high school um, that we're really proud of. It's at graceprep.com. And one of our our... Um, points is that you know we want to value kids who go to college or not. We want to prepare them for college if they they want. We want them all to be prepared. But not every kid needs to go to college or should go to college. Mm. And um, when I see stu- schools that try to say they have a hundred percent of their kids going to college, I often think that they probably shouldn't have all gone to college. Hmm. Um, they're probably, you know are they all following their calling? And I think we devalue and stigmatize kids that don't go to college. Hmm. And I think it's terrible and um because we value like let's say i say um you can be a lawyer a doctor an astronaut or a plumber Hmm. invariably you'll know which one we're saying you know you can even be a plumber kind of thing Hmm. and the fact is a plumber probably makes more than i do on any given day and (laughs) god calls different people to be different members of the body and plumbers or contractors should not be thought of any differently than astronauts and lawyers, but we have to get past the superficial um, things of this world and look at it from God's eye. So I'm really passionate about guys finding their calling and feeling good about their calling and not being overwhelmed because they weren't one of the five or six professions we all want to be when we're growing up, policeman, fireman, astronaut, Super Bowl quarterback. So what happens if you're not one of those things? What happens if you're starting a boy show uh, from a little office um, and you want to be president of the United States? Is it, am I a failure? No, I'm doing what God wants me to do, and I'm, I feel very clear about that. So hmm. uh, I worry about our graduates going out and having goals and dreams that aren't God's. I love that. I, Bob, I love talking to you because you, you, I love the way you think and, and process all this, and I couldn't agree more with you because there are – um, so many times, even like we don't intend to, but we diminish, um, we diminish people in certain categories and we don't intend to. In fact, sometimes we, as parents think that we're actually encouraging our kids to strive and do ever be everything they can. But in, in, if we're not careful, we are establishing what those goals are even subliminally. And so I love the fact that you're kind of dismantling that at the school. And I also love the fact that you're, you're, you're getting in there with dads and sons through your born to be brave and saying, look, let's question the way, let's question the way uh, people look at men and what, what is a man? And I love your promo video. I encourage people to, to, to watch that about what is, is it, what's it, what is a man? Is that the question that all those guys answer? Yeah. We asked them a bunch of questions about sports and things that they know the answers to. And then we ask them, what's it mean to be a man? And 
the we only did it with those five men, so we didn't fake it or have a bunch of other guys that did better. But it stumped all of them. It put them back a little bit because it's not something we talk a lot about. I agree, and I, I think that's so great. It's a, it's if you haven't seen this, um, those of you listening, go to uh, borntobebrave.com, Right. I think so. BornToBeBraveTour.com. Yeah, I'm looking at the website right now. It has the video right there on the landing page. It has a lot of information, including your tour dates and locations. It looks like October and November, you're all over the place from Virginia, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Michigan, Tennessee, and Kentucky. So you guys are really jumping on this. looks like probably 15 or 20 dates that are already – uh, established, and I know you're booking more. So, congrats on that. That's great. What? Um, well, I know you've had like tremendous I, I success. I'm sorry, I was talking over each other. Go ahead. Our goal was to do ten. So, uh, Aaron came <laughs> the other day and said we're up to thirteen. I'm like, stop booking the show. We wanted to kind of do a, a little bit of an exploratory run, make sure you know we know what we're doing there. And frankly, because we've been doing this so long with Secret Keeper Girl, I mean, literally. Well, we might have 40 or 50 events in the, the spring. It's just a matter of how many we want to do. It's been, I've never had that happen before in my life where I've had a product where so many people wanted it, but it's been, I think there's a real need out there. Mm-hmm. I like what you guys were talking about at the beginning where, you know, you watch TV and dads are doofuses. And one of the things that we're going on a limb here because people say this is a real, this can't be done to some extent, like dads won't respond. I don't believe that. There are days when I'm concerned about it, but frankly, if you go to an event where we do a thousand people at Secret Keeper Girl and we do 200 people for Born to Be Brave, I'm going to really, really feel good about the 200 people we have there. Mm. We might lose money, but we're willing to invest in that as a ministry. And furthermore, there's no women allowed, just fathers, fathers, figures, and their seven to 12 year old sons. Because the things we're going to be talking about, we can talk about a lot more fun stuff if there's no women in the room. Uh, we're not going to be talking about sex and things like that. But I want dads to come. I, I will not. <clears throat> I refuse to underestimate dads because I think dads will come, and I think uh, that for single moms, it's the time we're going to really encourage other men. I just had a man in here today saying, "Man, I wish I had a son to come to this. Can you get me a?" a, <laughs> a, a, a and that's exactly what we want because we, think, you know, our tagline is every. Um, every son needs a man to look up to. Hmm. Every son needs a man to look up to, whether it's their dad or somebody else. But single moms, you know, need help. They need a dad figure in that life, I believe. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. So what you've had tremendous success with Secret Keeper Girl, and it's really resonated with families around the country. I mean, it's it's crazy how big this movement has become. What sets this apart other than I know you want men in the audience and and to be with their sons or, or younger boys. So what would someone expect? What's different about this than other events or any kind of discipleship event? Well, there's a couple things different. One is it's just not being done. Um, there's just not a traveling event for fathers and sons that I know much about, particularly for tween, for tween boys, mm. fathers and seven to twelve year old sons. Um, secondly, um, and there may be others that are out there, but I haven't been able to find them very easily. I don't think there's anybody doing exactly what we're doing. Definitely not in the markets where we're doing them. Um, secondly, this is not entertainment, although we will entertain. You know, Robert from being. Secret- Secret Keeper Girl, that 
we're Bible teachers. Yeah. And the scripture is supreme to us. We're going to, you know, they're going to learn a verse. They're going to um, be taught Bible stories. And the secret to that is that word of God never returns void. So whenever we're teaching the Bible, that applies to the men just as much as the boys. Um, and we don't shy away from that at all. Um, there'll be a salvation message at the end. Last season, um, Sigma Keeper Girl had 983 salvations of moms that brought their daughters forward at, at the altar. Wow. Um, about 6,000 in the last years. So we expect, um, we don't know what to expect, but we're not afraid. And mostly what we do at these events is we connect, we turn the lights up and we connect the dads and the sons. They turn to each other and say, well, what's your most embarrassing moment or in this in this show we're going to have them turn and we're going to talk about labels and how many of us have labels that are that are wounds in us you know that are generally a lot of times exactly the opposite of what we are hopefully my my label is like laziness i feel lazy hmm. and i know that's not true anybody around me was not a lazy person but i really struggle with feeling lazy and i know it's not true but it's easy for people to push that button. So if you want to push my buttons, guys, just say, hey, Bob, you know, <laughs> we know you're lazy, but can you get on the podcast and, you know. <laughs> you know we will. We know, you know we but, will at some point. So we're going to talk about labels, and we're going to try to get the dads to share, hey, what, what label have you worn? And have the boy share what label he thinks he's worn. Is, hmm. Does he feel weak? Does he feel dumb? Does he feel – he? and I'll tell you what. He will feel something. We all have – these words or labels put on us, it's because of the curse. We all have them. And, um, and so that's the way we're going to connect. And then we want the dad to give the, the son a new label and even ask the son to tell the dad what word he would describe him as. And I think it's going to be really encouraging. You, you know, if you've seen the, the girl show, that's very emotional. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure how that'll work out with the guys, but I have a lot of faith in guys that are going to step up, and I, I won't underestimate them. I think the thing is, and I love what you're doing because it's – I think a lot of guys want to do what you're talking about, but they don't know where to start, and they don't know how to necessarily engage in the conversation. So having a template out there that you're they're creating in a live event to, to guide dads – to prompt them because I think, you know, like we were talking at the beginning of the show, men feel so diminished, like we're doofuses and stuff. And so to step out of that and to be brave enough to express ourselves is something that I think all men need encouragement to do that, but we know that it's inside. So I love that kind of pathway that you're, you're leading for parents and uh, for dads to connect to their sons. And what, what led you, I know that you've seen the success of secret keeper girl. I'm not talking financially. I'm talking about the impact that it's had on, on families around the country. Um, Besides just the obvious, there's a hole in the market and this isn't from a personal perspective, what can you, how can you relate what you're doing now to your own life? You, you have kids and you have, you know, you've had the opportunity to raise, to raise both boys and girls in your house. So what is it about this personally that resonates with you as a, as a dad? Well, it's interesting because I waited so long to get the, to feel called to, to do the show that I'm the dad that's going to go out. And Dan and I have been very careful to teach on things that we haven't been through. <clears throat> but today's my, my son's 27th birthday and I, He's a great kid. He's finished up his PhD in engineering, but he's basically sacrificing to his life to work at 
at the, my Christian school because that's what he wants to do. He found his calling wow. there. And um, and so he said to me, Dad, I don't want to waste money that I've spent all this money on the PhD. Uh, but when he felt called, I said, the only waste of money would be to do something outside your calling, hmm. um, which I think could have easily happened if he, if he had just you know done what would make him a lot of money. The... The calling I have is that I see dad as being very passive. Um, I see when I'm at my school and running that, that it's usually the mom that's, that comes in and talks. It's usually the, the mom that is defending the kids, or it's usually the mom coming in. Mm. And I see a lot of the times the dad sit there and say nothing, and I, I don't like it. Um, and I know that. 80% of Christian books are, if the statistic is still the same, are bought by women. 80% of Christian radio listeners are women. I know the statistics. I know how hard it is to reach men. But I believe that a lot of events and things are, are. I think it's gotten better, but are feminized in a lot of cases. Mm. Um, and so, for instance, I have this thing in the in the show called a urinal test that's been done online. I always think that was funny and I share it with guys. A urinal that. test? You broke urinal up a little test. bit. I want to make sure I heard that correctly. Yeah, so I'm going to start the show by saying there's some there's some things that guys, I, I kind of blew the lead already, but there's some things that only guys deal with, some things that women can't understand. There's, and we're going to talk about that tonight and get real serious. And then what we're working on now that might not actually work is we're going to try to lower six urinals from the... <laughs> from the stage. Um, but people know, you guys will recognize this, and I'm not even sure I should talk about this on a, you know. Oh, no, 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 no. Let me help you here. Definitely want to hear about the urinals. Definitely. Our audience is fascinating. All right. Yeah. But this, and this is the kind of thing that we'll talk about because we can really talk about with the guys. But men will know, you guys will, now this will rock your world and change your life. You'll never think the same about a urinal. When you walk into, I'll try the test with you guys. When you walk into a, uh, a bathroom and there's there's six urinals in the wall let's say seven urinals in the wall um, and there's a man in urinal one which urinal do you go to? two no, I'm no. just kidding I'm just no, kidding the furthest one away six yeah yes yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you go to the furthest one away yeah you don't when I, when I get two I was like oh my you're partnering up and it's so the man code um, yeah. so if there was if there was a a person in, let's say, urinals one and seven, which one would you go to? Three. Yeah. Three or four. Whichever right. whichever one was the right height in, in an appropriate number of stalls away. Furthest away right. from the other guy. Go right in the middle. Now, women generally don't understand this because they've never dealt with this. But every man tends to know or should be etiquette of urinals. And literally, when you do the research, and, and they have this, I saw the research online, Ninety-six uh, percent of the people, when there's a guy in one in stall one, go to stall seven, mm-hmm. and the other four percent, they might go to stall four, but the two or one percent that go to or the one right next to the guy, that's that's not right. Rarely happens. So we have to teach them. So that, that breaks the man code. The Definitely. Yep. We're gonna have some the guys that we couldn't have with the women there, and I think it's and I think that will open them up. It is a seeker-friendly event, but then we're gonna get right into um, what we carry around as men. The first half of the show is about our labels um, mm. and about the fact that most men will come in there feeling probably 
as a father, they might be a, we, Robert Lewis in Raising a Modern Day Night talked about the difference between, we, we know about fatherlessness. We talk a lot about that. We don't talk about that in the show because the people coming there generally will have fathers. We talk about active dads and strategic dads. And in our generation, most dads are really good about saying, I love you, hugging their kids, going to practices and games that in the last generation didn't happen a lot, but they're really good at that. But, and they have dads, but they're not necessarily strategic fathers. And it doesn't really take much more work to be a strategic father, just knowing when to introduce things to your kids, what benchmarks and milestones to, to, uh, to look forward to, and how to connect. Hmm. And that's what we're going to deal with with the show. But I think it's going to be very meaningful to men. I think a lot of men will leave there understanding their label they've been living under, feeling like, hey, I'm living out my story, even though it's not, I'm not a Super Bowl quarterback, and even though this wasn't what I thought I would be doing. Hmm. Or two, I'm not living out my story, and I had the confidence to go try to do that because that's what being brave is all about, is simply doing the next right thing. It's not that complicated. Wow. I, I can't help but think – um, there's a mother, maybe a pastor who's listening to the podcast today and they're thinking, yes, I've been waiting for this. I've been looking for this. Uh, this is a way for me to engage, uh, with the, the dads in my congregation or a wife who's saying, finally, someone who can talk to my, my husband, who's really passive. How would a wife, and per, let's start with a wife. How would a wife bring this to her husband's attention? What do you recommend? Well, I, I I recommend their they um they take them to the website um uh, and they'll get some more information that we're we're populating that more now. We're also to to uh, we just came up with this idea yesterday, but we're also doing a meat steaks sweepstakes. So we're going to be giving away um, some cool things like a grill and a year's worth of Omaha steaks or an Amazon Echo or some real guy things. Uh, if guys will share the video or um, or enter the sweepstakes, because we have a connection quiz that's already on the website, but we're going to make it part of the sweepstakes. Where if they take the connection IQ quiz of how connected you are to your son, uh, at the end of that that'll that'll enter them in the meat stakes sweepstakes. In fact, our VIPs that come to the event are coming to a meet and greet, which is. M-E-A-T and greet. And I so we'll have, love that. <laughs> Dude, I want some meat. That's so good. Yeah. Yeah. So we also have a – I'm buying uh, in the next few weeks um, a hydraulic press with 50 tons of pressure that will be called uh, – that will respond to our wheel of destruction where we spin a wheel and decide what to, de- what to destroy. And that will be on stage smashing everything from cans of cheese Whiz to, you know – softballs and duct tape it's amazing what actually happens when you crush some of these things so we're working on things that men will respond to we're not going to talk down to them and i'm willing to like for instance just saying no women allowed will probably be somewhat controversial but i don't really it doesn't really matter to me because um we have a we have a mission there and i i want to talk up to men uh i'm not afraid to tell them that they need to connect with their son we we have a saying, 100% cool, 0% awkward. I have to think about that because <laughs> what we're trying to do is not make these connections awkward. And so when you're when you're asked to turn to your son and to say, 
hey, give one word that you can give about your son or he can give about you. We think we can make that through the teaching very, even if we put a bunch of words on the screen, we think we can make that a not very awkward thing because it's, sometimes it's hard for guys. Yeah. Um, and if I can say one more thing, I know I talk a lot. That's but, good. Um, one of the things I think I can encourage guys in is that, you know, when I was, before I was a dad, I thought I was going to be a really cool dad. And in fact, the people, the kid at the school, I think would think I was a really cool dad because they only know the, the side of me that they, they don't think I maybe be that hard on my son. But because dads are usually cooler to other kids than they are to their own kids. But <laughs> remember taking Robbie, one of the things I did, I did do well was I, I bought a, a study guide, a study book called Techno at the time. It had six or eight lessons. And Robbie and I would go out for wings. He likes wings. And so we would go out at 9 o'clock at night when I knew he'd be done with the stuff. He was about 10 years old. So it was got to stay up a little bit later. And, um, and I remember going out there. And we'd have one lesson on purity and integrity and things like that. And I'd come home and Dana would be like, what'd you talk about? Blah, blah, blah. And I think to this day, her impression was that I was like teaching him and doing all kinds of deep things with him. When frankly, I'd, I'd go to the lesson a little bit. It'd be an easy lesson. Like, hey, Robbie, what do you think about integrity? And, you know, that might have been 10 minutes of the deal. Out of an hour and a half, probably like 45 minutes of it was totally awkward <laughs> where he didn't talk much and... It was kind of hard. We'd be at a sports place, and so we'd watch TV a little bit. We might turn and watch football a little bit. But it wasn't easy. Um, it wasn't that I'm, I have a great relationship with my son. My son is awesome. But at that age, um, it wasn't always – it was kind of awkward. You know, It was easy for me to go with my son or my daughter and, and drive 15 minutes to school and not say hardly anything. Because mm-hmm. I'd be like, hey, what's, what's – you know, how are you doing? Okay. You know, this and that. And I want dads to know that. I think that sometimes dads, you know, you read all these fathering books and stuff, and the bar they said is so high. Um, and I think I told you guys a story to where I heard a guy on the radio once, great guy, obviously a very godly guy. And he said no matter where he was in the world, he never missed a night of calling his kids up to pray for them before they went to bed. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, that's made me feel bad ever since. I don't I missed a lot of nights, and that stuck with me. I'm like, wow, I'm not a very good dad, uh, yet alone reading a lot of other books that they did this and that, and they did devotion to the table every night, and they did whatever. I think it's easy to feel really overwhelmed with the dad um, because you're, we might not be keeping up with all the dad books and things like that, but God designed the dad to match the son hmm. and he intrinsically knows the right things to do i totally believe that i totally believe there are dads we, we have a dad sense to us and so parents will come into school once in a while and the mom might be um questioning something or upset about something um and i'll be like you know and this may be very controversial but I'm like you know you should feel that way as a mom you should feel that way because uh, that's your mom's sense. But, Dad, let me tell you how this, how you should feel. Um, you know, you have, you have to be a little bit more objective. And I know this is going to sound totally sexist. But there is a sense that a dad has that a mom doesn't always have. Hmm. And what I found, I call them wolf dads. 
dads are willing to interview their the, the boy that the kid's dating, that, that the daughter's dating, and give him a hard time, right? Mm-hmm. And be kind of scary. And, and, and times when I did that, Dana was like, come on, you're being too hard on him. You're doing this and that. And I'm like, hey, I want, I should say to my wife, my daughter's dates, I'm not a passive dad. If you harm my daughter, there'll be great harm coming. Don't, don't, you know, <laughs> think that I'm, I'm a And frankly, there are some dads that should have said that to me. Hmm. And yet I find in most cases, the dads don't say anything to those people dating their, their sons or their daughters. And I find that hard, hard to take. And I think dads need to step up. Wow. And a lot of them are. Yeah. I, th- I mean, I'm listening to you, Bob, and I'm, I'm thinking about all the fathers out there who need to hear about this. Uh, if you've got a 7 to 12-year-old son in your house, um, you know, this is an opportunity for a dad and, and a son to go somewhere and have some fun. This isn't heavy, crazy church stuff. This isn't reading a dry book. This is a fun guy-oriented event that's mm-hmm. going to be uh, really significant and and enjoyable. It doesn't sound to me like this is a, a church event. This feels more like <laughs> It'll WWF be in church. meets you know the X Games right. or something. Um, right. So and, I, yeah. I love that you're willing to go out of the box. I love the urinal thing. I love the idea of really addressing labels, um, keeping um, the female presence away just so guys can really be guys. Uh, but in a healthy way, because I think in our culture, when guys are allowed just to be guys, it gets raunchy, you know. And so as Christian men, you don't have a lot of chances to just go with the guys right. and it's clean, yeah. you know. Like that just isn't right. a real option. So kudos right. to you, Bob. Yeah, well, thank you. I, I want to also stress one other thing I'm really passionate about, and that is that um, – what we also want to balance is that there are a lot of kids that are that um, want to grow up and they want to be musicians or artists or chefs or florists or, or counselors or whatever. And what's neat about our teams, I have three guys. I've hired two other guys, Alan Scott from the Alan Scott Band is going to do live worship. But Alan's interesting as we've been doing this show. Alan doesn't know anything about sports. And what he would say is, well, I'm not very manly. I don't know a lot of stuff about sports and things like that. If you don't know about sports, a lot of times you're excluded from you know, a lot of conversations. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting to me because he is manly. It's just that he's a musician. He's different than me. Um, and so we want to really reach out to kids. All three of the guys on stage are totally different, and we're all passionate about what we're speaking about. I'm passionate about the labels teaching. Um, uh, Alan's passionate about... He has a his sessions called Liar, Loser, and Thief, and where he came from, um, and what um, he's passionate about the identity in Christ that we've been given everything we need to be good dads and, and good sons. And I, I want to reach out to boys there who have no interest in sports, who are not the kind of kids that will that are going to jump up and down when things smash, but that that also um, I think a lot of times are excluded or feel excluded from manly things because our definition of manhood is hunting, fishing, and sports, things like that. And I wonder what David, David did all those things, you know, he's a pretty well-rounded guy, but he also danced, he played the 
the harp, right? Um, yeah, he was a musician. He was a songwriter. Yeah. Very emotional guy. He was a poet, right? Yep. And so I want men to also leave thinking, I want the poets to leave feeling like they can live out their story. And it's not, it's not a matter of being, you know, not manly to be doing those things too. That's what I'm really concerned about and passionate about is having boys leave that don't like sports uh, and aren't in what we would consider our traditional, you know, manly things. That is not, those things aren't biblical at all. Our definition of manhood and if you say, oh, he acts like a man, those, those de- that definition is not um, biblical at all. So, so our, our typical thing of what makes a person feminine and masculine is not biblical. I think that's a great distinction, and I'm so glad that you're approaching it that way because that that has created a lot of confusion, I think, for guys that don't feel like they follow sports and that are a little bit more artistically inclined that – Am I less of a man because I don't enjoy following the latest scores of sports? You know, I mean, I'm really into the arts and um, I just think that's that's such a great. I'm glad that you're acknowledging that because it does take a brave boy to be able to identify that he may not be like another boy that likes things that are more sports oriented or hunting. He can still be brave within what he's been given and what God has called him to be. So I'm so glad that you're making that distinction. And I think a lot of men will appreciate the distinction, too. I agree. I totally agree. Yeah, and I, I'll take it a step further, uh, Bob. I think you're providing a positive illustration of the gender role um, at a time when our culture is very confused. Mm-hmm. And the right. church is wrestling with how do we respond to these challenges in culture to the sexual orientation of kids, in particular this, this 7 to 12-year-old age where, where sexuality and identity are being formed. And so for you to be able to uh, sort of put on a platform and illustrate a healthy uh, masculine identity that embraces the arts or embraces the uh, culinary world or uh, fashion world and still is masculine, I just think that's so strategic and helpful. And I can't imagine uh, what the culture would be like without voices like you in it. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. I think that I think that I, I always say this. You can be a former drug user, murderer, uh, divorcee, whatever you, you can. I don't want to put those all in the same category. I'm just saying you can get up and give any kind of testimony of how wrecked your life was. And you'll be much more accepted than if you're a feminine, what we consider a feminine man. Or get up and say that you struggle with same-sex attraction or you used to be gay and I'm telling you that that's a guy that's 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 gonna have that's not gonna be accepted quite as well as the other men hmm. because a feminine man, what we consider feminine, what we consider feminine, I want to point that out because I you know I shouldn't say a feminine man, but on the continuum that we consider consider feminine, um, is I think the hard one to to get a lot of traction in the in the church, and I believe someday we're gonna meet the Apostle Paul or. Uh, other people in the Bible, and we're going to be like, wow. Um, <laughs> you know, most of them were single, and we're going to be like, wow, he he doesn't seem like the kind of rough guy I thought he was going to be. Um, he was a, you know, Paul was a scholar and a tent maker or whatever, and I think we're going to be really surprised because we have this idealized image of um, 
how we think manhood is. And I, I got this from, I wrote a book called <clears throat> Eight Great Dates for Dads and Daughters. <clears throat> Excuse me. First chapter, right in the beginning, I'm like, there's a difference between girls and guys. Guys like to hike, and I was like, no, girls like to hike. Guys like to play sports, and I was like, no, girls like to play sports. <laughs> and everything I thought of that a guy likes to do, I thought girls actually like to do. I'm like, wait, how do I, how do I describe femininity? And the, how, how is this? And the only way I could de- describe it was the Proverbs 31 woman, who was a business person, who worked the fields, who did all kinds of stuff. And I'm like, I had an illustration because the Proverbs 31 woman had a lot of what we would consider masculine quality. She's a merchant. She did business and this and that. And it really taught me something. It changed my thought pattern. Like, wow, I have a completely non-biblical view of what masculinity and femininity means. Yeah. Well, I I can tell there's been a lot of thought put into this ministry that you're launching this this year. The Born to Be Brave Tour dot com is the website where you can go and find all the information about where the tour is going to be, what churches you can get tickets there. You can get more information about the event. There's a video that you can watch and download and share. They've got a Facebook page. They have a Twitter handle. Um, there's a lot of activity around this ministry. And uh, I know, Bob, that you and your wife, Dana, are going to uh, steward this very well. And we expect to hear great things about what God does through this and through you guys in the coming months. Absolutely. Hey. Hey, what? We're really excited about the ministry. We're really excited about the ministry potential and your support of it. And I will say, I actually think any age father and son will like this. I really do. I think so, too. Um, uh, I really think they will. It's amazing when you do the content how it's not that different. I'm like, well, boys will like this, too. There's not that much. um, We're not going to be talking about pornography, but we're going to be talking about temptation, things like that. I think men will take it on one level. Boys will take it on another level. But it's pretty amazing when you preach the Bible, how it, it doesn't return void and it, it, it can, some of the most profound sermons I've heard have been children's sermons. So uh, I appreciate your support. We're really excited about it. Well, thank you for taking the time out of your very busy schedule, uh, not only to ring the bell for us, but to, uh, <laughs> to also share for these last 35, 40 minutes with our audience, just about your heart, your passion as a father, um, and the ministry that you have invested, I'm sure, a significant amount of time and money uh, to make happen. And so may God richly bless you and the people that you surrounded yourself with. Robert, you have any closing thoughts? Oh, man, I just I appreciate you taking time to, to walk us through this because I think it's a, it's a ministry that is so needed and it's going to be so welcome in the church. So I'm proud of you and, and what you guys are doing, and I'm grateful that you took time to, to visit with us today. Well, and thanks to Brilliantly Brave and you guys for being my first PR for Brilliantly <laughs> Brave, my first interview. So we are on. Uh, you know, yeah. I hope. Hey, thanks, guys. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks, Bob. All right. Well, Robert, um, our personal relationship with Bob and Dana goes back uh, five years, um, maybe longer than that, but formally five years when, when we really started working with the Tween Gospel Alliance and the ministries that they were in and involved with at that time. And it's really cool when you 
when you kind of see uh, the final product of mm-hmm. something that you've heard someone dream about, think about for years. For years, yeah. He's been talking about doing this. Yeah. And, and felt called to do it. And so, you know, it's just evolved and God has developed him. And like we talked about in another one of our uh, podcasts, the process and how God uses that time to really refine us and refine what they're doing now. And I think it's, I'm really, I, I want to go to one of these. I want to. I want yeah. to do the combustion, well, whatever it is that I, I bet we can get an invite. I think we might be able yeah. to. Um, I'm excited because I, you know, we've talked about timing. We've, we've, in fact, one of our our latest podcasts, we interviewed someone and they said, you know, they knew that they had heard God call them to do something, but they waited. I think it was Kevin McNeese mm-hmm. with New Release Today. He's like, you know, he waited ten years. He kind of kept these side jobs. He kept. He was really careful to be sensitive to God's leading on timing. And I heard Bob say pretty much the same thing. Yeah. He's like, you know, I had this opportunity to launch in the spring, but I felt like God said, wait until the fall. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and there's so many things like that uh, that can sort of be missed. There are nuances in an interview, but when you realize that this is a father saying that, who's supposed to be the leader in his home, and you realize that he has the sensitivity to wait on God for timing, uh, you begin to realize just how critical a healthy dad in a home really is. Mm-hmm. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, um, the urinal thing was hilarious. I I've seen that test online. Have you? That's I, I hadn't, and so I was thinking about it, and I'm like, that is so true. There's like a man code. Yep. With that's sort of intuitive. I don't know that anyone teaches it, but we all know no. you go as far away from the yeah. other person urinating as you can. <laughs> It's a weird thing, but yeah. it's true. Yeah. And so I've heard the opposite is true in like a woman's restroom. So they sit, you know, in stalls, you know, next to each other and talk. Like it's a common thing, like to have communication. I don't know about that. Oh, no, I've heard this. This is I've had two daughters. They tell me this. Now, okay. what's really interesting is that it, not only are you not supposed to stand close to each other in a stall, you're not supposed to talk to the guy next to you if you are forced to stand next to and someone. And I'm just correct you. you. You shouldn't be standing together in a stall anyway. You just said when you stand together in a stall. Well, that's that's not. Okay, okay, that okay, breaks okay. every man code. So, like, when you're standing and there's no other openings and you have to stand next to someone else who has a urinal and you're standing next to the urinal, you do not make eye contact Absolutely with the guy next not. to you. And you do not ever start a conversation with a random stranger while you're going to the bathroom. Unless you're at a football game. Well, I don't know about that. Because you'll stand there and you go, can you believe what just happened? Wow. Yeah, it happens. So there's a nuance here that I don't even understand. Yeah. Okay, I've never done that. Um, well, I think it's insightful. <laughs> like Our audience should know that men are really wired different. And here is an opportunity for uh, husbands, fathers to take their sons to something that will really uh, support and encourage their faith, but also just be fun for them. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, super cool. Uh, grateful to Bob Gresh and, and his hard work in making this happen. Well, it is, uh, it's one of those moments where Winston uh, is going to make himself uh, very famous again because Winston and I continue to develop a deeper friendship. And at this point, Winston actually lets me rub his belly. So, you know, in dog talk, that means he loves me. It, well, it might have something to do with the bribery. Well, but I, I have already given him the cheese, and he's not looking for more cheese. He's now he like, is always looking for more cheese. From the the things I've read about pets, when the when the when a dog lets you rub his belly, that is a sign of trust because mm-hmm. they're vulnerable, and uh, means he loves me. So I'm taking it. 
Okay. But here's what here's what he told me. These are some very interesting facts. I think this is important and kind of kind of practical. Um, did you know that rubbing a banana peel on a mosquito bite will stop the itch? No, I did not know that. I I did. I'm I'm a doctor. I didn't. Know. No one taught me that. Did you? I mean, I'm sure someone out there knows it, but I didn't know it. The other no. thing that I did know that is probably interesting for people, if, if you look at your grandparents, this is true. Our eyes are always the same from birth, but our nose and ears never stop growing. I did know that. Have you ever noticed that? Yeah. Like, I'm noticing in the mirror, I'm getting my grandpa's ears and nose. Hmm. That's a weird deal. That is a weird deal. Yeah. Winston... He picked up on that? He knows. He's watching all the time, Robert. You have no idea what he's telling me about you that I don't even put on air. Mm. I mean, it's just sort of like, okay, I can't yeah, go there. That's I'm that's sure. out of bounds. I but, can't sleep at night thinking about that. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that's kind of important, and this is for sleeping, um, the colder the room you're in, the odds are higher that you'll have a bad dream. So Really? Yeah. That's what it says. Yeah. It's a, Okay. Well, Winston tells me. I get the sense that you're reading this from something. Well, you know, Winston gives me links. He tells me where to go. And he's he's a smart dog. You know he can definitely use your iPad. You know that. Mm -hmm. When you leave the room, he's all over that thing. He does have a Facebook profile. He does. Yeah, you should check it out. Okay. Just Winston, right? I'm talking to the audience. You know where it is. What's Winston's name on Facebook? Just Winston? Winston. W-I-N-S-T-O-N. Yeah, I don't know what his last name. Beeson, I guess. Winston Beeson. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's bring this home. All right, let's bring it home. Thank you to uh, this patient audience as they've listened to us ramble today. But in all seriousness, there are so few ministries out there for fathers and sons to yeah. attend that uh, we wanted to make an extra effort to highlight this and, and bring it in front of the audience. If you're a wife and you're trying to figure out how do I get my husband to do this, Download the information, pray about it, go to him and say, look, I think this would be good for you. And you'd be surprised. Your husband's probably going to listen to you. And if and if it's not in your city, go to your pastors and tell them to bring this, because this is something that, that is really needed for families around the country. Yeah, and I don't even think it's a big, expensive event. I think this is definitely uh, finding the right fit for a church and a radio station in your market to, to fit with them. So uh, we endorse it. We encourage you to check it out, and we can't wait to hear how it goes. As always, if you're a fan of the show or you're enjoying it, share it with a friend. Go to iTunes and write a positive review, because those are the things that help us get noticed by others. Parents, remember, even if you may not feel brilliant or brave, you are. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. And I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. 2 Timothy 1, 7 and 13. This podcast is a service of iShine Ministries and the Tween Gospel Alliance. All rights reserved. Donations to Brilliantly Brave are tax-deductible at iShineLive.com. Review and subscribe to this podcast on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, or on our webpage. And read our blog and connect with us at WordPress at BrilliantlyBrave.com. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Brilliantly Brave.
iShine is a faith-based ministry and media company that looks and feels a lot like a Christian version of Disney. iShine is more than entertainment. We're the producer of the largest Christian tween TV series in the world, a nationally syndicated radio show, a Nashville-based record label, host to multiple live tours and summer festivals, an interactive website and social media, and a provider of printed and digital devotionals, preteen Bibles, and church curriculums. But more than anything, we're a trusted Christian resource for parents and pastors. You can turn to us for all things tween. Check us out at iShineLive.com.